0: Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zook. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of how to become next on scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my amazing and inspiring guests, I always like to start with a marketing tip to get your week started and a self-care tip to keep your week going. So let's start with a marketing tip of the week. Um, Marketing tip of the week, I shared this in my emails, in my content. For your marketing, Like you need a full plan like you can't just do one piece of your marketing you have to do the whole thing meaning like you can't just post on Instagram and assume that your whole marketing funnel is going to take care of itself you need to show up on multiple social media platforms multiple days a week you need to send out emails you need to do photo shoots you need videos in your marketing short and long you need to send um, I don't know if I just said send emails but you need to send monthly if not bi-monthly emails And you need to work on collaborations and partnerships and get in media. Now, this sounds like a lot and overwhelming. There is nothing more I love than to create systems around this. Um, But if you don't have a full plan and you're just focusing on one thing, if one social media platform is the only place you're showing up and it's gone tomorrow, what is your marketing plan? Um, It's really important to think ahead and show up multiple places rather than always just putting all your eggs in one basket. Um, And the reason for that is because from personal experience, you know, I was only showing up on Facebook and then Facebook went down one day and I was like, oh my God, where's all my business? And then that's how I started to really funnel. I think another thing I forgot to say was make sure you have a website because the more places you are, the more places you can be found, the more places you can get seen, all the things. So um, if you don't have a full marketing plan, definitely be sure to start planning that out and finding the right person to help you get there. And I would be honored to do so. So feel free to reach out at any point to Jackie at NextOnScene.com or head to my website at NextOnScene.com. Now I'm gonna talk to you about self-care tip of the week. Why my amazing guest, Ginger Burr, back on the podcast, she is one fantastic image consultant, been in the fashion world for over 35 years, and today we talk a lot about vegan fashion, vegan tips, vegan education, because I feel like it's not talked enough. And I definitely feel like ginger being a full vegan is something that you can really learn about if you're not familiar with the world. And me personally, I am not fully vegan, but I'm very fascinated because I don't want to harm animals in any way possible. And so With Ginger basically shares there are so many positive ways around that. And so I really wanted to educate my audience today on veganism and things to consider. There's never any pressure. Like I said, I'm not vegan, but there are ways I try to be better. And there's never any judgment. Like this is just self care tips that are better for your environment and for animals and all the things. So, and also Ginger shares some fun courses she's launching a little bit more about her if you're not familiar with who she is so i can't wait for you to meet her so stay tuned for the amazing ginger Burr. the ups
1: the downs and all the in between what it takes to become next on scene are you next follow us at next on scene
0: back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. I'm so excited to be back here with the amazing Ginger Burr, the founder of Total Image Consultants and an amazing stylist for many years. Hi, Ginger. How are you today?
1: I'm great, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me back.
0: Always love having you on. We always have so much fun together. So, And also, I'm a personal client of Ginger, so I love her tips. So if that doesn't justify, you should check her out. (laughs) So let's talk about what, so obviously you are vegan, but you also are, are in the fashion realm, but you've become vegan over the, how many years has it been at this point? Uh, 17 years. Amazing. So like, can you explain to the audience, like who are so unfamiliar with that world, like what veganism is and how you really fell into it?
1: Absolutely. Veganism. Well, there's, I think a lot of people have heard of it at this point, because it's a huge Movement right now, and there's a lot of momentum around it because the whole basis of being vegan is to do no harm, or obviously, as little harm as possible. Just the fact that we live, we do some amount of harm out there in the world, right. but you know, never purposely. And that means not do using anything or eating anything that uh, involves harm to animals and, of course, harm to people as well. So it spans the whole spectrum, but. Um, yeah, not eating anything made out of animals or using anything or attending any events that have animals like rodeos and zoos and aquariums and those kinds of things. So,
0: yeah. And like, I love your tidbits too, and tips of like finding all these vegan fashion brands that people like totally overlook and don't even think they exist. Like there's so many cool ones that I've learned through you, which we can totally discuss more in a little while. So Let's talk more about like the fashion realm and obviously how you fell into fashion and how how are you incorporating vegan into your wardrobe? Can we talk more about that?
1: Yes, well, you know, I became vegan. I, I mean, I haven't eaten red meat in, I don't know, 40 something years. I forget how many now, a long time. And, but I didn't know about veganism. I had, no and back then it wasn't, I know people who have been vegan for 40 years, but I didn't know about it. And then one day, 17 years ago, I was doing some research into where our food came from. And I discovered that eating dairy contributed, which I did do, contributed directly to the veal industry. And I hadn't eaten veal in
0: 30 something
1: years. And I was horrified that I had been contributing to that because, you know, the male calves can't give milk. So they're taken away from their mothers the second they're born and they go to the veal industry. And it just broke my heart. So I became vegan overnight. I was not at the time thinking about the whole aspect of being vegan, and what that included, I was mostly focused at that point on the food, because that's what most people think about. Um, And then I realized that, you know, when I do something, I do it fully. (laughs) And I'm totally committed, and I'm very determined. And I looked into it more completely. And I realized that you know, there was a lot in our fashion world that contributed to the harm of animals like wearing wool or silk or leather or down or fur. Obviously, most people know about fur, but all those other things do as well. Or even in our personal care products or our makeup or any of that. And and the more I looked, the more I realized what was going, how insidious it was, that it wasn't like they were saying to us, oh, there are crushed beetles in your lipstick. You know, it was just red. That was it. All we knew was that our lipstick was red or pink or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started doing some more research and I realized that I couldn't in good good conscience use those materials or any products that hurt animals. It just hurt me too much. To do that. So I did more and more and more research to find out where were they hidden that I didn't know about? And what could I use instead? And the world has come a long way now from I mean, I I don't know what my friends did who have been vegan for 40 years, but 17 years ago, it was a different world back then. Now it's, it's relatively easy
0: to avoid all of those things. I know. But was, was that like a shock to your system at all? Cause like in terms of protein, like you and I even talk about this a lot, like, what do you get for your protein? Cause I think people always wonder, like, especially consuming like tofu, right? Like, does that, is that how you get protein? Like, how do you normally in terms of eating, like, what does that consist of?
1: So there are a million different ways to get protein. And we get so bogged down by that. And to be honest with you, a lot of. People who do eat meat and dairy and all that get way more protein than they actually need. Um, Yeah, but we get very worried about it. I have been vegan for 17 years. I've never tracked my protein and all of my blood tests come back perfect. So it's, you know, you get it in. Yes, tofu or tempeh, you get it in I mean, even oatmeal has it. You can get it in fortified orange. I mean people get it in oh, that's calcium, never mind, that's orange juice and all of that. but you can get it in um, nuts and seeds and lentils. I mean, one cup of cooked red lentils, 18 grams of protein. I mean, you're done, well not. Right. Tofu, but <laughs> no. we don't have to do too much else with that broccoli. Here's what always shocks people. Broccoli has protein. In fact, it's one of the highest of the vegetables. It has one of the highest amounts of protein in it. So people don't think you only can get it from animal products. I mean, just so far from the truth. So far from the truth. It's in almost, I mean, it's not in fruit very much, but it's in pretty much everything else. And if you eat a well-balanced diet, I mean, if you're, all you're doing is eating potato chips and donuts, then you're in trouble no matter what. Right. But, um, <laughs>
0: Good point. Good point.
1: Well-balanced diet, you have no problem getting the protein that you need. Now. Yeah
0: they're like filled with fun facts. Like I can't believe broccoli has that. That's so yeah, interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm like shocked too. I just wanted to put that out there. Okay, okay. Let's go back more to materials in fashion products and like natural fibers. Cause people think natural fibers, right. Wasn't it something about natural fibers? Yeah. Can you elaborate more on that for us? Yeah.
1: Yes. And and first, I just have to say that when I, you know, decided to go vegan and and I'm one of those people, like I said, I'm very determined when I decided to do it. I I went vegan overnight. That was it. And um, I took one look at my I thought about my closet and look at it first. I thought about, oh, my gosh, what
0: am I going to wear?
1: And I and I thought I'm a, you know, an image consultant, a stylist. I have to look good. What am I going to wear? I'm not going to wear, you know, baggy, shapeless beige clothes. And then I thought, Oh, Ginger, my goodness, get a grip here, you know? And I thought, you know, I'm just going to make this an adventure. I'm just going to have fun with this. I know it can be fun. I'm just going to have fun with it. And when I looked in my closet, I realized I had almost no silk because I found silk was a pain in the neck to care for. And one little spot on it and forget it. It's done. Mm -hmm. Um, Wool, forget it. You know, I had a moths at one point and so wool. Plus I found wool very <laughs> that's itchy. a good point, right? Don't they eat it all? Like uh, a, moths had a good time. I fed all the moths. And I found it very itchy. So I didn't really like wool next to my skin anyway. So I had neither of those. I never wore fur. And um down, I think I had a down comforter or something. Um I had leather, of course. I had leather shoes, leather handbags. And so I started doing some research and started looking for alternatives. And believe me, there are a million more options now than there were back then. I made it work. It wasn't always easy, I have to say. I made it work. But, you know, what I realized is that it was very doable. And now with all this going on out there in the fashion world towards full transparency of where I'm getting to your question of where things are made and how they are made there's more awareness about the harm that comes to animals as we are purchasing clothing and personal care and beauty products and all of those kinds of things so what happens sometimes is that people say to me well you know I will I'll only wear natural fibers and usually when they say that they mean cotton wool silk and leather you know those are basically their their natural fibers linen also in there and you know i understand that you want things that feel natural um as a vegan, I do not wear wool or silk because of the harm that's done to the sheep. And yes, the sheep do die. As soon as they stop producing as much wool as the farmer needs them to produce, they die way younger, way younger, and in often in horrible circumstances. And I'm not talking about little family farms. They have, I'm not going to get into that because people get all upset, but they have their own issues. Um, but if, no matter how the wool comes about, the, they do die. They the, People aren't going to keep sheep around who aren't giving them wool if they're a sheep farmer. So I don't wear any of that. Um, Leather, people think leather, oh, it's so natural. It's not natural by the time we go through all the production. In fact, it's horrible for the environment, absolutely horrible what we do because we have to make something that actually would biodegrade within a short amount of time. We have to make it so that it won't biodegrade on your feet or your, you know, handbag. Who would think about that? That's such a good point. And why do you think they've been able to find shoes that still are in good condition? hundreds and hundreds of years later. So um, it's not a good process that goes into making them. And I'm not saying that all uh, fabrics that are potentially vegan are good for the environment. They're not. We all know polyester, you know, first run polyester is generally not that good for the environment. But what we're seeing in the companies that are doing more transparency is that there's more... Recycled materials being used, whatever those, I mean, recycled plastic bottles are being made into shoes or or linings in handbags or whatever. I mean, there's all of these companies that really we have been demanding to know where things are made, who is making them so the people are treated well, and what is the carbon footprint. So that, and are animals being harmed in the making of these things? And so that is the direction we're heading in with the world of fashion. And yes, there are still, there's still fast fashion out there. I keep thinking it's starting to go away a little, but there's still clothing out there that's made in sweatshops and made of horrible materials that do nothing for the environment and that are meant to be worn only once or twice and then thrown in a landfill. And that's all horrible. And I do not subscribe to any of that. So I think it's really a matter of looking at how things are made, where they're made, what they're made out of, who's making them, all of those kinds of things. And, you know, ideally go with things that aren't harming anyone or, or our earth.
0: And then what's your theory to on sustainable versus like vegan? What is there a difference or?
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, there are, like I said, vegan is not necessarily synonymous with it being sustainable because like I said, polyester is technically vegan, but it's not sustainable. True. Um, but then again, what people consider the traditional fabrics or things like, you know, leather, for instance, that's not particularly sustainable. The amount of water pollution. The if you look over in Bangladesh, that people die at young ages because of the horrible toxic chemicals they're using and the things that get into the water. It's it's not nice. It's not nice. And so, it's um, sustainable. There are, are different ways of being sustainable. I mean, ideally, you make sure there's very low carbon footprint in how things are made, and that and that they're using recycled materials. And that animals are not being harmed and the people who are making it are are making a living and all of that. And also that you're, and this is why I referred a bit to fast fashion, that you're buying the things that are well made and that you love, that you love, so that you want to wear it more than once or twice or three. Right been more than 10 times. I mean, a lot of my clothes have been in my closet for years, years. I still love them. And as long as they still fit me and they work in my lifestyle and all that, I'm still going to wear them. And that's the, the idea is not to have to keep replacing your wardrobe every few months. Is to right. buy things that you love and that work for you and that make you happy to wear so that you wear them until they're, you know, worn out and it kind of embarrassing to wear.
0: <laughs> right. You and I had talked about this prior to just a thought that I had, but that there aren't, there are vegan designers, but there really aren't a lot. And is it, is it because more of the stuff is more expensive to make? Like what actually is your thought process personally behind that?
1: I'm not totally sure. There are a lot of vegan designers of handbags and shoes. A lot. That's what it was. Thank
0: you. Thank you for correcting.
1: And, you know, I wrote a whole article, which is on my blog, on my website. People can go look at it or they can ask me and I'll send them a copy. But for the American Vegan Society, I recently wrote an article about all the bio derived leather alternatives to. Animal leather. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, like Bentley is making car seats out of, I think it's mushrooms or something. I mean, mushroom leather. There's leather made out of coffee grounds and kombucha, and you know, all kinds of things that pineapple that you wouldn't expect. Um, And I just forgot where my train of thought was. No, going. we were
0: talking about basically like the designers. So there's a lot of designers oh, right, right, right. that make bags and shoes, but what about clothing? That's what really my question was in terms yes. of clothing.
1: I think that as the movement grows, which is it's really growing very rapidly, that we're seeing more and more younger designers who are bringing in that concept of no harm and you know go you know using the vegan fabrics to make things. There are not. I have not been able to find. If anybody knows them, please let me know. Um, I have not been able to find a lot of clothing designers who are identify solely. As vegan. There is one um, that you and I, I've told you about Benedetti Life in Slovenia and she's amazing and her designs are amazing. They're expensive. They're amazing. Um, And there are a couple that I know of in the UK. There are, however, a lot of brands, designers who kind of by default, not on purpose, are making a lot of clothing that is vegan friendly, like Nick and Zoe does, and Joseph Ribkoff does, and Simply does, and and there are a lot of them out there that are doing that. Um, and so you can find clothing that's vegan friendly anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, pretty much any store you go into, you can find vegan options. But in terms of there being actually vegan designers designing clothing and only vegan clothing, I'm just not finding as many as I would like. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that changing very slowly. Unfortunately, particularly slowly in the U S either that, or they're doing a really bad job of getting the word out because I'm constantly searching and I can't find
0: them. Totally. And this, I'm just thinking about a new course that you're launching about body shapes, but do you find that like vegan fabrics and non vegan fabrics fit people differently? Is that a thing? Okay. I was so curious about that.
1: No, because more and more, you know, well, fabrics are okay. So here's the thing: I mean, it's really all about what is the trend in fashion out there as to how clothes fit, and designers can use a variety of fabrics to make it fit those particular silhouettes, whatever it is that's that's out there. So no, it doesn't um, mean that. The other thing that's really true is so many people are are anti. Anything that's um, man-made, and you know, even I, I'm, you know, I'm not a huge proponent, proponent of you know, first run polyester by any means. But polyester these days, whether recycled or not, is not your 1970s. As I say, it's not your mother's or your father's polyester. That we saw back in leisure suits, for those of you who are as old as I am, back in the '70s, you know it's come a long way. And there are a lot of really amazing fabrics besides the ones that you know. I mean, we can wear cotton and linen. Uh, there's Tencel. There's Modal. I'll tell you, if you have not had pajamas or a nightgown made out of Modal, I mean, run to the store and get it because it's the softest. It's it's absorbent. It's it's actually. In a lot of ways better than cotton.
0: So um, what is that ginger? What even is modal? It's,
1: it's a kind of like a rayon. So okay. it's it's sort of partly um natural, partly man-made. So it's it's made out of wood pulp. A cool. lot of are, so but you know, like uh tensile and um and then we also have bamboo. I mean, I
0: just bought bamboo. I, I love bamboo stuff. Oh, my God. Who knew? Who knew how comfortable they would be, right? Oh, so soft. So
1: soft. So there's a lot, you know, really, people are doing massive amounts of research to learn about new kinds of fabric. In fact, I know a woman, Nicole Rawling, who has the Material Innovation Initiative. And what she does I and mean, what her company does is they look for new fabrics and materials that are being made and especially materials that are uh, alternatives to animal leather. And it's amazing what's happening out there in the world. And also what she discovered in a study that they did is that most people, both here and in China, that's where the studies were done. Most people would really love to have alternatives to animal leather. And that's very heartening. And I'm not surprised to be honest with you because I think that's the direction we're going in. Um, It's heartening to hear that. And I love the work that she's
0: doing out there in the world. Yeah. I think you just have made such good points about the transition over the years of how it's become such a bigger thing now than what it was, you know, what do you think really brought that on just out of curiosity? Like,
1: well, just, you know, more awareness. I think fast fashion took things to such an extreme that people started thinking, And again, not that all vegan fashion is sustainable, but people started thinking, you know, this is not the way the world can keep going. And, you know, most people, if you really press them, they don't want to be doing harm to people and animals. And when you learn about how you just, just by going to the grocery store and buying meat or cheese or um, any kind of dairy things, you're contributing to that. When you really take that in, I think most people are like, whoa. I don't know that I want to do that anymore. And now there's so many amazing, you know, nut based or soy based, um, vegan cheeses that are incredible Mm -hmm. out there. So there's a lot, I think the, we're moving in that, in that direction because people don't want to be causing harm. They don't. I think
0: great points. I want to talk about your body shapes. Um course that you're coming out because I think it's awesome. And I want so share with us like what inspired it and also like what can people expect and when it's going to be available to the public.
1: Okay. So oh my, you know what I have to say? I've resisted doing anything that is focused solely on body shapes for a very long time because it's such a it's way more complicated than people think that it should be because a lot of people think, yeah, just tell me what my body shape is and then I'll know how to dress. Well, no, not really. You probably won't. <laughs> and part of that is because it's confusing out there. And you, if you look up body shapes online, oh my gosh, you'll get like a zillion different options. And then if you think, oh, well, maybe I'm this, oh, but I don't have that large a bust or, oh, my arms are are full. They're not Slim like that, or you know, whatever it is, they're like, "Well, I don't really fit into any of those," and it just confuses women and/or makes them feel badly mm-hmm. about their body. And so, uh, finally, I thought, you know what, I really need to address this, and I want to do it in a way. It's a tricky conversation because there's so much around body shapes that can make women feel shamed mm-hmm. or feel badly about their body, or like there's something wrong with them. And and I never ever. Want that to happen, and I don't believe that. I think I love that there's a variety of body shapes out there, and I love that we all have something a little bit different. and And yes, it can be frustrating when a certain silhouette is in style and it doesn't suit our silhouette, but there always are options out there. So I created this program called Dress for You because really what I want it to be about was celebrating your body and dressing for your own new, unique body shape. And rather than saying, although in the program I do go into, here are the traditional body shapes and here's what they tell you to do if you want to balance any particular body shape. But what I want to do is help women have fun with it and be playful with their body and look at how you can use things like color and line and prints and necklines and sleeves and, you know, all those kinds of things to play with your body shape. And we actually have the ability to change the look of our body shape so if one day you want to be an inverted triangle yay have fun with it if the next day you want to look like an hourglass good go for it you know i think it's really fun and i show tons and tons and tons of examples so that women can i hope feel inspired by it um it will be available i'm actually doing it as a combination program with my friend iris van oyen from the netherlands she's doing this whole she's an um an intuitive mentor and healer, and she's doing a whole thing in the morning part of our program about uh, what keeps us stuck on the inside, what blocks us from being our true selves and being visible. And then the afternoon, I'll be doing the whole body shape program, uh, which I've even augmented over the past week, um, and allowing women the opportunity to be able to ask questions about their body shape. So we're diving in there, but then it'll be available on my website um, mid-April.
0: Love it. I mean, I always just to like follow up with this, but I love always how you're so versatile with all the things that you do. Like, I feel like with your outfits, like you're not a dress person. So you love wearing like the, I remember like a couple of years ago, it was like a belt and it looked like a skirt and a top. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so for like, it works. Right. Like, I think it's so informative to kind of show people that you might not think that it works for you, but you can make it work for you. And I feel like that's definitely like one of your specialties for sure. Oh.
1: Hey, absolutely. And I, you know, I cut some of my dresses and make them into tops because (laughs) I'm going to wear them a thousand times more than I will as a dress. So, you know, in fact, there was one time I was at a store and there was this, you know, Joseph Ripkoff dress. I love Joseph Ripkoff clothes and it was perfect colors for me. Perfect. The design was gorgeous. And I put it on and I, I said to the saleswoman, Oh, great. I'm going to cut this into a top. And she was horrified. Oh, my gosh. What do you mean you're going to cut it? I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to wear it. Like, it's pretty. I'm not going to wear it like this. I'll wear it like, you know, a couple times a year if I wear it as a dress, whereas I'll wear it like a couple times a week if I wear it as a top. So, yeah, I'm always looking for ways to expand my wardrobe and get the most wear out of things.
0: It's so fun. So fun. Cause I just feel like you're so creative with it. It's really like fun to watch. So, yes. So, so so how can people access the shine? Isn't it called shine with Iris?
1: Yes. Yes. It's yeah. called shine. And, um, they can find that it's actually on my website on the classes page. It's happening on April 9th. Um, and it's pretty much it's like a five hour program. We'll have breaks and things in there, but it's, it's really a very, um,
0: comprehensive involved program, but it should be really fun. So yeah, fun. If, if, you guys, I, I feel like every year you and her do something together, right?
1: Seems like we have done a number of things. We did another, she actually came to the U.S. Well, it was the year before, nine, three years ago.
0: And before COVID, right?
1: Right, before COVID. We did an in-person one. She also does, she didn't do it this year, but she does a, a gratitude project every, often in January. And I've been a guest um, on the gratitude project that she does. So, and she just, just today, I did a Facebook live with her about her, her new book that's out called Radiant. And it's all about how to, um, Stop exhausting yourself and, and, uh, running on empty basically, and taking good care of yourselves. And it, it's really good. I've, I've, it just came out. So I've only just started it. I'm only in like five, chapter five or something, but it's a good book.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. So I also want to, for new listeners, I also want to say that like, you don't only work with vegan clients, like you work with all different sorts of clients. So can you give a little background too, on your story, how you fell into the fashion consultant world and how different ways people can work with you?
1: Sure. I fell into it because I didn't know how to dress myself. I, you know, I tried all different kinds of things. Nothing seemed to work. Or when it did work, I didn't know how to repeat it. And I struggled all through my teens and my 20s. I had a great interest in understanding how. It was a different world back then. So, you know, there was no internet and there were no makeover TV shows and all those kinds of things. And so I just sort of struggled along on my own until I met a woman who was teaching a a three-day workshop on fashion, color, and image. And I said, oh, that sounds fun. I took it just for myself. And I think I was in it for an hour. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I need to, I need to know more about this. And I picked up the information really quickly. I ran with it. And I basically begged the woman to train me um, because I loved doing it. And I also saw it as a way of empowering women. I, I felt like so many women suppress their, you know, their amazingness. Because they don't feel good about how they're how they're putting themselves out there in the world. And I felt that I could empower them to feel really good about who they are and how they want to express themselves visually. And basically that's what I've been doing for all of these years. And uh, you know, I, I work privately with people, although right now I'm not taking any private new clients, because my online classes, which I teach live, have been so popular. And so much fun. And I will work one-on-one with anybody who's in one of my classes that um, I'm really just focusing on those right now. Um, and you can see all of that at my website, which is with an s.com
0: Love it. Can you just share too, just because there is new audience now, like the different courses you have and like how often you plan to come out with them and things like that.
1: Sure. I'm in the middle right now of my four week closet cleaning class called take your closet from chaos to calm and have fun doing it. We've only had one class so far and women are like, oh my gosh, I've already made so much progress. Oh, I can see that I'm going to get through my whole closet and clean things out. And, you know, I'm there. We do it virtually, you know, only up to 10 women and I'm there to answer questions as they get stuck. Like, should I keep this? Should I not? So it's a blast. I'll do that one again in June. And then my six-week class, which has been super popular, I'm about to go into the 11th time of doing that since just in the past
0: two years. Unbelievable, um, I right? I know.
1: It's, it's been super popular. And that's called Create Your Personal Style in Six Weeks. And I identified the areas, You know, when COVID hit and I couldn't see anybody in person at the time, I looked at the areas where women struggle with clothing. Like, how do you express who you are? How do you create a good foundation in your wardrobe? How do you choose a print? How do you select jewelry that'll go with your outfit. How do you choose shoes? That's a biggie. How do you create a capsule wardrobe? All of those things are covered in great detail in the six week class. And I encourage women to ask lots of questions so that we can, so that we can personalize it because I'm right there helping them to personalize it. And that'll start up again, the end of April. So, um, and then every once in a while I do an inner beauty class, which is just a one day, actually a three hour class, which is super fun about that's diving into who are you and how do you um want to feel you... when
0: you get dressed, right? I yeah, love that. Exactly. Love and, that.
1: And then you use that information to choose your clothing so that you're not choosing something that isn't you. You want right. everything you put in your body to feel authentic to you. So
0: yeah. Love it. All great stuff. So fun. Okay. So before we play like fun facts about gender, can you share how everybody can follow you on social and get in touch?
1: Pretty much ginger Ver is how you can find me almost everywhere. I do have a free Facebook group called your, what is it called?
0: (laughs) Your total (laughs) total (laughs) image. Yes, it is.
1: (laughs) Um, So otherwise ginger burr will get you everywhere on social. Yes,
0: it totally will. And then people can inquire, I guess, through social or through your website, right?
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Perfect. All right, let's talk about fun facts because I think I was like rereading. <laughs> and I was like, I think I didn't know this about you. So you traveled to Europe, six countries in 13 days. So yes. where nice. where did you go? And how old were you at the point when you went? I'm <laughs> like, very oh,
1: like us. I was in college
0: and it was January
1: of my junior year, I think it was. And I was in a, a, a small women's chorus. In I was a music major in college. I was a small women's chorus. So I think there were twenty-four of us, and we traveled to where did we go? We went to Italy. We went to Yugoslavia. We went to um, Austria, Germany, Switzerland, and one other I'm forgetting right now. And um, yeah, we only spent a couple of days in each one. And in um, we were in Innsbruck seven days before the winter Olympics were there and cool. we were going up into the Alps. It was so cool. It was so freezing cold, but we sang in all these places and uh, it was, it was quite an
0: experience. Oh my God. So, so did you perform? Cause you were in yeah, a chorus. Oh yeah. We performed. Yes. That is so cool. So it was like a travel chorus. Like, was this like an yes, exclusive a travel thing?
1: Yes. Very,
0: very cool. I, that's a fun fact. I did not know about you. Very cool. <laughs> So you learned to swim when you were three?
1: Yeah. My grandfather, he he taught phys ed at Springfield College, and he lived on the ocean, and uh, my grandparents lived on the ocean in Connecticut, and I would go down to visit you know, every summer and spend some time there, and um, we had to get into the ocean. It was freezing cold. Get into the ocean, I remember, we have hands on the bottom, kick your feet, and that's what we had to do, and I started swimming when I was three years old, so... Yeah, it was, I was a very good swimmer. I was not a fast swimmer, but I was a very
0: good swimmer. Very mm-hmm. impressive. I, I don't even know what the average age is to start I swimming. No like,
1: what? I know sometimes babies learn, so I, I don't. Yeah,
0: but babies were floaty. They're not really like, right? I don't I, know.
1: Oh no, I think sometimes they even actually learn to swim. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know how it all works, but it's amazing. People can start really young to learn. But my, then there's my mom who she was an adult when, I mean, she was probably in her, you know, third, late thirties or something when she learned how to swim. Um, cause she had not been taught as a child. And I just think, I don't know. I think everybody should know how to swim. I, yeah,
0: I agree. I just think it's important. Yeah. For them. yeah. yeah. Love that. Okay. So to close out fun facts, can you tell us your three favorite vegan items and why? Oh my
1: gosh. My three favorite vegan items of, uh, I don't know, beauty or clothing or
0: comedy, whatever you want.
1: All right. Well, I do have to say, and I know she's one of your clients is uh of mayor naturals. I lo- I'm wearing it right now. Oh, well, you can't, they can't see it, but, um, I'm wearing one of her lipsticks. She has amazing some vegan products on her website.
0: I, I love her products too. Her for lipsticks
1: sure. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's one favorite. And let me think what else I, oh gosh, there's just so many. I don't even know where to start. Um, I love, you know, Echo Bella makes some really, if you want really, really clean skincare products, they make very clean. I use their cleanser a lot, um, their facial cleanser, which is really great. And, um, what else? Oh, I just have to say that, um, for coats, my, my favorite place, you know, this is save the duck. I love that they don't use down. So we're not pulling, you know, feathers out of poor little ducks they have. And they're very, um, into sustainability, so they have some beautiful coats and amazing colors. All everything from like down alternatives to faux fur, and it's really fun.
0: So, I was going to ask you that. So it's not only just heavy coats; they have like lighter coats too. They
1: do have some lighter ones. So I don't have any of their lighter ones. I just have their their winter coats, mm-hmm. um, which I t- I love. I love. Um, and they're warm. They're really great. So, and in pretty colors. So, but they do have lighter ones. I've seen them on, on their site. So yeah, they're, super they're growing. Thoughtful. their amount of stuff they have is just growing constantly. So, so
0: cool. So yeah. cool. You're full of so many fun facts, Ginger. This was really fun today. So is there anything you want to offer to the audience? Well, I guess to go to get shine, right? The program? Um,
1: join shine or yeah. you know, just today we announced my, um, Color matters ebook. You're right. That, oh my god, I'm so glad. Yes. If you're kind of exploring the whole concept of color and what colors to wear on you, but you're not sure if you want to go all the way to having a color palette done for you. I have a an ebook that I a 20-page ebook that kind of walks you through some of the steps and gives you ideas. Like if your hair color and skin look kind of like this, then maybe these color, this color palette will look good on you. And so it kind of gives people an entryway into um. The whole concept of look, finding colors that look good on you. So that's on my website again on the classes page.
0: Love it. And I have to say, like, I never realized until working together, like how important finding your colors is because I was wearing things and now I'm like, oh my God, like with my skin tone and my hair, those really don't jive well. People would overthink that though, you know? Yeah,
1: it, it really, is a very powerful component of, of your wardrobe. It just makes life easier if you know, okay, nope, I can skip all that shade of purple. Oh, let me go over here. You know, right. it just makes shopping easier, mixing and matching easier, all of that. And you feel better. You look in the mirror and you go, oh, wow, I look pretty great in that color. So, so
0: true. And I was also like, just to close out too, I love your process with people, like finding your inner beauty words, you know, figuring out your colors. And that really helps you like to figure out your personal style. Really though. Yeah, it's two of
1: the the major components of it. Yeah,
0: so. I'm sure there's many more, but like the main things, like I feel <laughs> like they're sure. super, super yeah. helpful. I never realized that until like we worked together. So thank you for that, seriously. Oh, you're welcome.
1: You're welcome. Yeah. It's all so, fun, it's all fun. Thank all fun. you so much,
0: Jackie. So thank you so much for coming on, Ginger. This was so fun. Thank you everyone so much for tuning in to Becoming Next On Scene. Follow Ginger on all social media channels at Ginger Burr or Total Image Consultants and stay tuned for who's next on scene